Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Miss Maria Wilson. In 1977, <laughs> Maria Wilson started her amazing musical journey in her hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Maria always knew that she wanted to be a professional guitarist and percussionist and has followed her passion for the last 35 years. Since then, she has toured and opened up for such rock legends as Roger McGuinn and M- Michael McDonald and has scored a publishing deal with RSD, RDSD, <laughs> a <good>. premier <laughs> solo guitarist with seven albums on of her own, Images of the Past, Mary Artuso's Dream, Generations, Live from the Wire, and Gifts from My Guitar, Epiphany Rising, and Live uh, Fort Hunter, Maria has performed her unique instrumental contemporary guitar sound throughout Pennsylvania and the Northeast and the Southeast. Festivals, college fairs, coffee houses, country clubs, you name it, Maria has played them all. Maria Artuso's Dream has aired on several radio stations as well throughout Pennsylvania. Maria continues to astonish audiences with her intensified and complex instrumental guitar shell. She has been performing professionally for over 30 years and has performed at venues throughout the East Coast, including the Belmont Stakes, Columbia Folk Festival, Mid-Atlantic Border Store, and more. And her music is also aired nationally and internationally. Currently, you can find Maria teaching guitar, bass, and more at her studios. Maria, how are you doing today? Great. Great. How are you? This is fabulous. Thank you. I'm doing really well. Fabulous place. Love it. Thank you. I'm uh, really blessed to have this spot. And we have a lot to go through today. You have lived a lot of life, 35 years or so in the music industry now. Yeah. Over 30. I'm pushing that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So tell me. You you grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Where did this love for music start? Um, I... When I was living in Brooklyn, I was a child. I was I was in Brooklyn in the seventies and and part of the early eighties, and I started actually um, with a dustpan when I was a kid. I was like three years old, sitting on the front stoop on Seventy Sixth Street in Bay Ridge, and uh, I always would listen to my dad in a fifties group called the the Three Friends. And my brothers shared a bedroom because we lived, you know, kind of like a row home, a semi-detached row home in Brooklyn. And um, they would have albums like sitting out on the stereos of everything from Fleetwood Mac to the Rolling Stones to the Beatles. So I'd listen to that. I listened to my dad sing uh, at the Beacon Theater, Paramount Theaters in New York. And I, I always loved hearing from all the music, the guitar, I just that, and then I ended up in the stoop with my mom putting a cup out in the front of the stoop and people would throw change in it. And she always teased me about it, but, um, that's how I started. I mean, I, I grew up, um, through my childhood years at early adolescence in Brooklyn, um, and moved to Pennsylvania in the early eighties. I actually moved to Lancaster. So my dad's job transferred him and um and and that's how i ended up here so when did you start picking up the guitar the actual guitar itself i actually started lessons when i was seven years old and i took lessons from a man across the street who went to manhattan school of music that's where my mom actually that's she's alumni of manhattan school of music 
So she's a concert style pianist. And he was a classical guitarist. And I went across the street for five bucks a half hour. We're talking, this is 1977 now, oh, five yeah. bucks a half hour <laughs> for lessons. And I, yeah, exactly. Right. So I studied with him for like four years and, you know, it just kind of took off. I, I, I was a natural with guitar and music. It just kind of, plus it runs in my family. So my dad is an incredible um, singer and, and dancer and he, he was a disc jockey and got that. I was telling you earlier that radio voice and my mom's an incredible musician, pianist. So it just kind of, it runs, you know, in the genes. <laughs> so it all kind of came through. But personally, as a kid, I liked listening to rock and my dad's doo-wop group. That's what I really liked was like listening to the Beatles and listening to Jethro Tull and the Monkees and the Stones and, and all that. And, and CBS FM in New York and WPLJ were the WNEW or the, all the big radio stations. So I got to listen to that too as a kid, the big radio stations in New York City. So a um, lot of influence, a lot, a lot, a lot of influence. Then, I, then the culture shock happened in the early 80s and you know, when I moved here. <laughs> the culture shock, big time. So. So at what point did you start writing your own stuff? You, you grew up with this, you had, you got uh, mentored yes. into the guitar. And then what did you do with that? I actually, when I, I got here to Lancaster, um, my mom was looking for instruction, like amazing instruction for me for probably about close to two years. But by the time she really found somebody, um, I remember her coming over to the house and she, she had a teacher like listen to me on audition and all this stuff. And, and I was kind of like over their head because I had already been with with Frank for like four years. Um, and he kind of set the tone. And then I studied with this woman uh, who graduated from Peabody Conservatory, um, whose classical guitarist name was Marsha Engler for years. And she had introduced me to Wyndham Hill and Narada records, which had Will Ackerman, Michael Hedges, he was my biggest influence, an incredible guitarist. Unfortunately, he died very young in a car accident. Um, uh, Tommy Emanuel, uh, just all these incredible acoustic guitars. So I was influenced by listening to them and the classical guitar kind of gave me the foundation to learn all this intensified finger style music. Then I ended up starting to write my own mm. music. Uh, and I wrote my first song. I went to a governor's school uh, affiliation and I wrote my first song was called running down Brooklyn. And, and this was, it's very, it's a very intense rhythmic uh, guitar song that I wrote when I was 15, 16 years old. Um, but th this was all influential from those record companies from Wyndham Hill, Narada, all these artists uh, who were, amazing especially fingerstyle and percussive guitar players and that's what drew me not even so much the classical guitar that was just kind of the foundation because that like makes you a better player when you study classical right uh, classical and jazz of course but i kind of developed my own style 
from that, and I, I just applied motion. I mean, that's what music is. It's it's emotion with sound. Um, and just applied my emotions to to the music that I was writing. I mean, like like literally. So so you you write your first song at like fifteen. Um, what do you do with that? Do you go anywhere with that? Do you continue? I, I you have seven albums. I know we know you continue. With right, <laughs> right. I um after I graduated high school. I my brother, my oldest brother, gave me as a graduation gift, which was an absolutely fantastic graduation gift. He gave me a boom box. Remember, <laughs> remember boom boxes? Yeah, the ones that carry around. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Right. You know, next to your ear on your shoulder. But uh, you know, had cassettes. <laughs> remember, remember cassettes? I do. Okay. We're talking, I graduated high school, 1988. So if that tells you. Um and it had an external microphone. Oh wow. Right. It had an external microphone on it was, I think it was like from Sears, you know, it was a good one though. It was a good boom box. So I ended up recording some arrangements I wrote for classical guitar and some of my stuff that I was starting to write. And I started handing it out and I went to a place and my husband and I we were dating at the time. He took me to this place. Um on Allentown Boulevard called Malley's. It's changed names now, Corey, probably a hundred times since this is 1990 now. And I dropped off like a little bio and it just had like, you know, I went to governor's school starting college, blah, 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 basic stuff and the cassette. Well, they listened to it. I dropped it off at one o'clock. At five o'clock, we're going back to my parents' house for dinner and they're calling me and they gave me three gigs. Oh, wow. From that cassette, from that cassette, I recorded from my the boombox my brother gave me. That was like the best thing I got from high school. <laughs> Seriously. That's your legacy from high school. It was, yeah. was, that was it, right? So um, I ended up just, I got the, the booking gig. I like uh, the booking bug, the bug. And I just started calling places, sending these cassettes out, sending, starting press kits. Back then, press kits were like in a folder. Like an actual kit. kit yes. An actual kit that you'd mail out. I was sending those like crazy and getting booked like everywhere from that, from that cassette and just, just kept making and making them, sending them, sending them, sending them. And we're talking, this is 1990s. And um, I got married and recorded my first album in my basement, Images of the Past, which has a cover of a uh, fire escape in Bensonhurst, the neighborhood of Bensonhurst, which were my parents, uh, my grandparents, they all lived in Bensonhurst. Um, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. in Brooklyn, New York. Um, that was the cover of my first album. So images of the past. So, and that kept going out and going out and going out. Yeah. And it just kept rolling. My, the second one was, which was my album that really set my tone for my performance career was called Mary Our Two So Stream. And, um, my grandmother was like a legend in our family and, most amazing woman you'd want to meet. And when she passed away, I mean, we all took it really hard. I, I really, really took it hard when she, she left, but I applied my depression and my emotion from all that into the music. And that helped me get through. Oh, I yeah. mean, it really did. And again, I picked up the festival circuit and some of my border circuit from that album and even some of the college stuff from that album. So 
it just right there it just kept rolling and going so tell me about the benefits of of so here's my question uh you were 18 20 ish around the time um, yeah like 20 when it all everything just started to roll as a performer well yeah i was 20 i was 20 when i first started playing professionally 20. So, so what is it like for a young woman to go out into into uh I guess Lancaster now? You're, you're I'm like, in Harris, right? In I'm Harrisburg. in Harrisburg now, yeah. yeah. What what was it like back then in the nineties compared to so maybe now? Well, I think it's a lot easier, it's way easier to get your music out just because of what we have with digital music marketing, you know, all these, like you got your Spotify, you got your Amazon music, YouTube, all of that. It's so much easier to get your music out there and to get your music heard. Hurt. And back then, I mean, people were competing to get on the record. Everything was, you know, get on the record label, get on the record label, get, you know, you know, get published, get, you know, it was a fight for it. It was, it was competitive, but it was more in the nineties for females. It wasn't as competitive. It's more competitive. Now there's a lot more female singer songwriter artists out there now than there ever was when was say, ba back in, back in the nineties <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely more competitive, but it's easier to be heard and it's easier to be there. There's a lot more, venues to choose from there's a lot more access um where it was definitely more difficult and i i also had a niche because i'm an instrumental musician i was mm -hmm. not a singer songwriter I, I was not a Joni mitchell or an anna defranco or an indigo girls type group you know what i mean i it's completely instrumental so why instrumental you know i used to listen to michael hedges all the time i met him one time up in harrisburg my husband and i he, he signed a ticket stub and like literally a month later he died in a car crash oh, no. in california he was like 40 i want to say 44 45 and he was my inspiration as a like a very intense rhythmic percussion player and as far as on the guitar uh, that way. And I just loved listening to him. I got so much inspiration from his writing that my composing style emulated a lot of him. But then I also took the classical twist of things and started changing tunings. And I listened to um, Will Ackerman a lot, who's the president, owner of Wyndham Hill Records, met him, great guy, a few, just a few years ago, actually. Um, at the guitar show, but did that and just kind of him and Alex DeGrassi, all these guys are fingerstyle players, kind of like listening to them all the time. And that gave me my instrumental. I was just like, I want to just play guitar. I don't want to sing. I want to play. So that's kind of how it all played out. Have you ever thought about going into songwriting or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, I do an acoustic rock show uh, at the King George down in York, basically like uh, most months of the year now, like maybe 10 months of the year uh, that I play down there. Um, I had developed a following in York County 
doing all their outdoor like festivals and lunchbox review and, and all this stuff there. And then I got this other venue who they're really good to me that I play there and I do acoustic rock stuff where I'm playing like Katie Tunstall, uh, the Eagles, Green Day, the Beatles, Jethro Tull, where I'm REM, all these acoustic arrangements on a rock end with an acoustic, I have a female rock voice. I got that, you know, uh, Melissa Etheridge, uh, Chrissy Hine Pretenders vocal style. Gravel, yeah. Right, going on that I do. And I always thought, you know, maybe I should, you know, do like some stuff that singer songwriter, that's rocky, something rock oriented with my voice on that direction. And I, cause like the instrumental stuff is kind of getting a little old. Oh maybe. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I, I did that chapter and I'm just trying to figure out, move on. It's time to move on. Yep. For and, sure. For sure. It would be really cool. I think if you, cause, uh, I'm all about mashing styles. Yes. So it'd be really cool if you can mash a classical guitar into a rock song. Yes. Yeah, that would be really, yes. And so you mentioned uh, doing some like finger picking and, and uh, different techniques on the guitar. What's one of your favorite techniques on the guitar? Oh, I like everything. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm a tremolo. I like the classical tremolo. Sorry, I meant I, in terms of style, like like there's flamenco, there's uh oh, like, there's like tapping and stuff like right. that. Right, stylistically, I mean, I love percussive. I love blues. Um, I mean, I I I, I love. I mean, I love it all. It's you know what I mean. It's it's just there. It's just there. It's just I love everything about the guitar. What's the so. What's one of the what's one of the techniques you've always wanted to be a, a try, but you've never been able to uh, accomplish? Do you think? I'm not, I'm not the greatest shredder. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be kind of cool. Um, I mean, I could play Eruption like every other guitar player, and and but, I mean, that would be just kind of cool to do something, something new. Like yeah, yeah. That why not? <laughs> So uh, you, you've explained how your music is uh, percussive. Can we hear a little bit of that? Sure. So tell me about a little bit about the song that you're going to play. Uh, what's it from? What's about? How? Why it was written? Absolutely. Okay, so um, this song actually that I'm going to do is, it, it's a little bit percussive. But it's, I don't know, this is one that people like really love to, to listen to from me. Um, it has a Middle Eastern twist to it. Yeah, like okay. it, it's a chord progression. Was like, right, yeah. it has definitely that Middle Eastern, like Egyptian kind of twist to it. Um, it's called Breakaway. It's actually off my generation CD. And I always like to start with this one because I don't know, everybody loves to listen to this one. But uh, it has to do with, kind of breaking away from a, a stressful situation that you just could not wait to get away and you were done. And uh, it's, it's, it sounds like when I'm playing it, like somebody's like running through a tunnel and just running away from the, the stress and the problems that was caused in their life. So um, 
is what it is. I mean, that's basically, I wrote this song in 1999. That's what I was born. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good year. Yeah, good year. It's <laughs> a good year. Um, so I wrote this in 99. It came out in 2000 on Generations. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I was very excited to leave that chapter in my life that mm. happened in the late 80s. I'm not going to go into gory detail of it, but like, I was really happy. That was that was a good day. That was a really 1988. It was a good day. So um, anyway, this is called Breakaway. Super cool. <laughs> so 1999. Right, right, right. There was a lot of things going on in 1999. 
forget Y2K, right? <laughs> right. Jeez. You can fix that microphone if you yeah, need to. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> um, that's awesome. That's uh, how do you? So oftentimes, whenever I'm composing something, uh, I'll just new be noodling around on a on a piano, and then I'll immediately forget it. How do you come up with that, create that, and remember uh, the structure of your songs? You know, I mean, with some of my songs, I've written down some different chord structures, just as kind of like on manuscript, just to scratch it, right? Uh, and of course, the tuning, you know, because the, the, I write a lot of my music I in alternate tunings on the guitar. Um, basically, it's just, I don't know, it's there. Uh, it just sticks with you. For me, all these years of writing and playing and touring, it's just, it, it's just there because you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you might just, like I said, write just a basic, like on whether it's manuscript, a lot of times I'll use graph paper that I'll put it down, but it's there. It's just, mm. it's there. I, um, w- with a lot of, you know, of course, music, it's applied emotion. I mean, yeah, right. sound is what it is. Um, yeah, it's exactly what it is. So we talked about a little bit earlier how in the nineties, everyone was competing for a record deal. And then you got into a record with RDS. Well, that's publishing. Publishing, Sorry. In 2008, um, I had, I was booking a place out in, off the Carlisle Pike in Mechanicsburg. It was Appalachian Harley. And I was booking a lot of acoustic art, artists and bands. And the one was, uh, she was, had her own publishing company, uh, Sherry Mullen. And Sherry uh, and I like knew each other in the performing circuit and everything. She's a really good singer, songwriter, and an amazing publisher um, as far as what she does on a musical level. And I ended up, I said, hey, can I send you my stuff? Uh, I write instrumental. I think this music would be great for TV and film and movies. Uh, for clips and, and bumpers and things like that. And you, you want to give it a listen. She's like, that'd be great. I love it. You know, she, I don't think she had that much instrumental music to do at the time. So I sent it into her. And two weeks later, I got an email saying, we'd like to sign your songs on, like your, your music on. And I was like jumping up and down. Like <laughs> I was so happy. I felt like I won the lottery when I got that email from her. I, I was just, she, and she's wonderful. Uh, person she's fantastic so I was you know I was just completely blown away that I never thought I Corey I'd ever ever get this far like mm. you know I started with a shovel <laughs> in Brooklyn New York and I, I knew I always wanted to do music and play guitar and I also love drums and percussion uh, I run a, a, a drum circle and program out in Hers- Hershey called Crosstown Drumming that I run from August to the end of the year. Um, and I love hand drumming and drums too. So uh, between guitar and the drums, I, I never thought I'd be doing, I or get this, I'm still like, it's total blessing, complete blessing. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so you just send them the music and then they figure out the rest. Right, They'll, they send it to their clients the music to the clients and they see if it's like a fit mm-hmm. with 
whether it's a commercial cliff or cliff or clip or or TV a T cliff, a TV clip or what whatever. Um, you know, I know she's had me in several projects, um, like the Polar Bear Foundation, and I think York oh. College has used a lot of stuff. Um, I've also too been on uh, WHYY for with NPR, their affiliate for um, for gun violence. They've used some of my clips, my work. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And yeah, that was that was in 2021. Oh wow, that That's that recent. was recent. Yeah. That was recent. That was the last like radio kind of where they picked I had two of my songs. I had an innocent child and passage of time mm. for this um portraits of um gun violence. Um that was yeah, and watching that was pretty emotional because oh, it was sure. people who were killed and they made paintings of the people, the families made paintings of their loved ones and they did a clip. WHYY did a a, a a clip of all this interview and in the background you hear my my music through the whole thing wow. so that was kind of that was cool sad sad oh yeah very yeah sad, it's like, very it's... sad but but cool to hear the music i'm like okay that's that's because great that's, that's gonna hit a lot of people that's gonna, gonna hit a lot of people especially an innocent child an innocent oh, child yeah. really yeah for and sure it's it's always sure. it's always like there's a uh, there's old commercials about this dog or right uh, you know, spare a penny for right right yeah exactly that music always sticks with you yes it does what. it does for sure uh so what what is one project that you have yet to have your music on that you would like to see your music on you know i i don't know i mean it would be kind of cool like a couple of the tunes i have on epiphany rising which is my most recent album it was released at the end of 2019 before the pandemic um that i started having my engineer like i would give him all the chords and, and formations um and the notes and he would do the midi applications the music behind um hello there it goes <laughs> there goes the guitar it's all good um he would apply orchestration to the back of my music the, like what i wanted right so i thought maybe doing more of that kind of stuff for from movies on a scale, more in the movie realm of the world, kind of like a Hans Zimmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. Like, uh, like along those lines, you know, doing that market a little bit would be kind of cool. I always thought about that. Um, that's my next goal. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Love him. Love, you can't, you know, I love John Barry. Really? Yes. My favorite composer has to be well, John Williams is like a John Williams, bell, of course. Uh, but Michael Giacchino. Yes, amazing. Um, just his incredible score. Incredible. Uh huh. Absolutely. So, like same thing. Same thing. Like what your 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 dream is here, going down that road. But um, I don't know what my next project is right now. I'm focusing on education. I'm teaching a lot of guitar and percussion, mandolin, um, teaching some audio recording uh, software stuff too. Um, the theater stuff is cool, but I'm not sure what my next big adventure is. I, I always wanted to get an endorsement. Mm. That is something actually that just hit me. That's always been on my, my list. Of, Who do you want to be endorsed by? 
the acoustic guitar company. I don't know, Taylor, Taylor. Guitars. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I, I I went to. Isn't there a guitar company called Wilson? I don't know. I never heard of it though. No, <laughs> no I, I never heard of Wilson guitars. I've heard of Wilson leather. <laughs> yeah, maybe, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking, thinking about. about it. You know. Yeah. But um, I, heck, I would that or Paul Reed Smith or the funny thing is I went to Duquesne University for summer guitar school and and workshops in the school to study guitar and recording and, and, uh, and bass mm-hmm. too. For six summers, I did that. And Martin guitars, it's Martin and Fender, primarily GSFA a little bit, Guitar Society Fine Arts. They all gave me scholarships. Oh, wow. Like I got full scholarships for these workshops in this school. That's really cool. Which is like, so that'd be cool. Fender would be great. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> You know, but or did he Dario strings, uh, Ernie Ball, whatever? Um, he'll take anything, and I'll take anything. That's I fair. always wanted to be endorsed. It's actually, I, I think I feel like I've hit so much of the music industry and those goals, but that one I haven't. That one I haven't. Maybe, maybe when you uh expand into your rock classical, right? Guitar, singing, like style, style, right? Yep. Like Ingve Malmstein. <laughs> there you go. Except for not that hair. <laughs> <laughs> so you had your most recent epiphany uh, come out. Then, uh, <laughs> then, then the thing happened. The pandemic. The pandemic. What did you do Unbel- during that? Unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I taught online a lot we all i teach at teach at my home two days a week and then i also teach at state street academy of music in downtown harrisburg Mm. which is a phenomenal music school and i've been there almost coming up i think on 10 years uh this summer but i we had our students go online uh for that i also teach in mechanicsburg at the perfect fifth same thing we went online uh, and that's what I did. There was a lot of people who did not want to be online and they waited. They all came back to me um, between both schools. I remember it was July. Yeah, it was July of 2020. Yeah, it was either July of 2020 or 21. I ended up going back in person to the perfect fifth, masked up. And it was just me and one other teacher in there. Everybody else stayed. I, I said, I want to see my students. I, this is just the online thing is. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's hard, yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm so much better in person. I think most people I, are. Well, I, I was going to say, that's the only reason why I have people in person here is because it's so much easier, easier to deal with. And not to mention, you know, technology sucks. Yes. Internet connection sucks. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, you it can't all does. hear shrimp. Yes. All right. It's, it's God awful. It's God awful. And we're not, we're not, I mean, thank God for Zoom, but also. You can't be analog. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't. You just can't. You can't, Corey. So I, I also did Facebook live shows. Mm. Like I would play, just to play and to have people on to, you see people, you see your friends, you to see, escape, you escape. Yeah. Um, but that was interesting. I I hope to never ever 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 have to do that ever. Again. <laughs> 
Me too. I am thinking. I I was so I was I'm so thankful I went to a private school that yes that we can come back in person and because uh, you can't teach music otherwise you can't there's, there's no way there's it's no just, way no way it's it's not possible yeah it's I, I'd argue education you. in general I right. think it's especially well some people can do it they can do that yeah there's, a lot of people can't <laughs> I have colleagues who are still doing it a lot and they love it. I mean, they love it. I, I and I have family and friends. More power to that. Who are my my one brother? He's online with his job. He used to work in Manhattan. He is happier than you can ever imagine being at home with his puppy and just working online. He is couldn't be happier. Well, more power to them. To for them, sure. right? And uh, right? and there are granted there are some jobs that can absolutely be done online Mine. at home, and yes. that's that's fine. But music, like education wise, nice. it's just. You just can't. You can't. You can't. Dealing with kids online, right. can't. You, yeah. you can't handle they're, it. They're, they're looking around. They're running to the bathroom. Their they go, cat comes their in. Their cat right. comes in. The, the doorbell's ringing. And yeah, their mother's yelling, like, what, what's going, going on, on over here? Mom's yeah. yelling at them. Sure. There's, not, there's nothing that can beat online or well, in person, uh, especially with music education, because you, you singing fingers and everything and yeah. technique and everything. It just got awful. I tried to do learn uh violin online and uh for yeah uh, forget all the technique of like holding your hand correctly right and the bowing and everything bowing oh Uh, yeah having to figure out what do you mean by By... holding a hamster (laughs) in your hand right right how is that supposed to look like what you can't do that online you have to be in there in person so i think it's time for another song what do you think sure it's how damaged it's got. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty oh much. It's, it's okay. This is my mini, my Taylor mini. It's a nice guitar. Thank it's really you. nice. Great sound. It's got a, it's made of Hawaiian wood. It's koa. Ooh. What's this one that you got? Um, I'm going to play. Um, This song, actually. My husband and I, we're huge dog people. Okay. Okay. Huge, huge dog people. How many dogs do you have? Two. We have two puppies. We have Haley, who's almost going to be 14 October, and Rocco, who just turned one in Breeds? January. Uh, Multi-poo and bijou-poo. What? So they're, pure, they're pure white. They're, they're small, and they're fun. They're beautiful. That's gorgeous. So they're great. They're, they're our kids. They're the best. And I'm, I always said my two favorite things in the world are music and puppies. Because <laughs> they're they're not there's no stress, it's easy. You know what I mean? It's you know it's it's great. So, I wrote this song for I call her my angel puppy, my my dog Haley. She's she is completely an angel. She came at a really hard time when we lost our first puppy, and um, she's my angel. So I this actually this song I have gotten more digital play than any other song all oh, over wow. the world like this beat out an innocent child which i didn't think that would happen but this definitely has ha- had the most play it's called it's called haley's run experimenting with thumb picks because i got a bad thumb <laughs> Thank you. 
pretty. Very pretty indeed. Thank wow. you. Of course, of course. Um, so where can people find us? You have it on Spotify. You have, uh, do you have any shows coming up at all? I have a show. My next like public show is Saturday, April 20th, either 22nd or 29th at the King George. Oh, nice. And that show, I'm actually going to be doing some originals and acoustic rock. Uh, it's the I think it's the last Saturday in April. I want to say it's the 29th. It's either the 22nd or 29th. I'll have it on Facebook uh, and Instagram and that. But it's not for a while. Right now, I'm in the midst of playing guitar in the orchestra for Big Fish at Palmyra High School. Very nice. Plus teaching like crazy. Teaching a lot. Tons of teaching. So if you ever want someone to teach you guitar, check out Maria Wilson. Yes. So over all of this, I have some general questions that I like to ask all my guests because we're kind of running out of time here. What is one of the funniest or worst things that ever happened on a gig? Okay, so um, I was first, it was in the first uh, like year, first, <coughs> excuse me, year of out playing. Uh, I was sitting on an amp. I was at Mally's Restaurant. And I had a regular gig there. After I put that cassette in, I was playing there for three, four years at least. And I was sitting on my amp, and there was a fireplace in back of me in the restaurant. And I tilted over, and I went flying backwards. Oh, no. I was actually I was on a bar stool, and that's how I got fear of playing guitar on bar stools. That's what it was. I was on a bar stool, went into the amp, went I went flying back into the, the fireplace. Landing on my rear and hurt bad <laughs> there with the sciatic of the tailbone for days. Um, but that was pretty embarrassing. That was, yeah. It's funny that to look back at it now, <laughs> I but look back at it now. Got off on the moment. So at the moment, but um, you know, back in '97, my husband and I are we were in a very bad car accident in Utica, mm. New York, on a way to a college gig, and um, that's taught me a lot about life. Um, because we're both him and I are very lucky to be here because it, it was my, our insurance general or uh, salesman at the time. He was a great guy when he got the pictures back, you know, how they take pictures of the accident. Uh, the car was completely smashed, total everything. The roof caved in. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. It was, one of the, like, you it was, over it was yeah. Well, we went flying into a ditch and an old telephone pole. My husband hit in the telephone pole hit the top of the car oh and, that's it, came, really and, it, bad. and it could it came on my side my husband was able to escape he's a big guy so he went wham knocked the door out grabbed the phone and ran and got help and i was trapped they had to do the jaws of life on me oh, and wow. ripped me out of the car so that right after that time that's terrifying i was lucky i survived that i went and continued my circuit in uh, north carolina like a couple months later and then I started my own booking company that summer. That's when my friend of mine said to me, he's like, you got to expand on this. And I started my own booking company in August 97. And that exploded. So things happen in your life for a reason. Yes. And you see what could keep, it could keep just going. Like you just keep going, you know, just keep going. And so you've, you've taught many students um, over the years. Yes, nowadays. thousands, thousands. What is one advice that you would give to those just learning your guitar? What is what is one key thing that you need them to know? 
focus, keep going because music is so rewarding. So important. And it's so important and it brings you so much joy. Um, I make it real fun for my students. Uh, my approach is very, um, I, do, I do a lot of application where students will learn a basic thing, but they'll learn a song or music they enjoy right away. I'm, I'm pretty instantaneous with that. But, you know, focus, keep going, have a good time with it. And it'll it'll bring you nothing but joy and rewards. Build your calluses. Right. Build your calluses. <laughs> Absolutely. The calluses are a must. <laughs> but it's it's a wonderful thing to have to learn music and to just learn an instrument. Guitar being amazing and or drums, but you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a, a wonderful gift. And a, qu a quick comment to to uh, building calluses. There is a a, a product because I know building calluses is a hassle and a half, especially if you just want to play guitar for fun. Um, there's a, a glove out there. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a musician's practice glove. And I know. I have. Yeah, I have an idea. Yeah, I've never used it, but I know what you're talking about. Well, I, I use it all the time. Actually. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because uh, I because it does what it says it does. It, it, it uh, when when your your fingers are numb and you can't feel them anymore from playing so much, uh, it protects. Because you can build up a callus to a point, and then you're just you know ripping skin off. Right. right? Absolutely. Uh, which is not good whatsoever. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. quite yeah. counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So I put on the I put on the glove, and it I can keep going for a long time. Mm -hmm. And and it it's nice and cooling too. So it's, I have a sweaty hands. So that was, that was my, like my main, my main plus to it was that it's nice and cooling. So if you ever uh, if you're a musician who wants to uh, work more on a guitar and can't because you know the calluses are young and they're not built up do check out the best uh musicians practice glove uh the uh founder was on the show and talked about it and that's oh that's wow right yeah that's cool so, he's from right here in pa okay um what's his name uh donald donald glover it's not donald glover uh it's it's done with something. Okay. And uh, send me a link. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll totally check it out. Yeah, he's, I he's can in, recommend it. He's endorsed by like so, several high classical guitarists as well. Okay. Uh, like one over in Ireland that I can't remember the name of because I just I never planned these. <laughs> right. I'm right. not endorsed. I'm not. Uh, uh, this this isn't an ad either. He doesn't pay me to do this. I just really enjoy his product. So cool. check that out. What is one of the but, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that uh, guitarists or you've seen your students make or that maybe you have made and how can we curb that for future musicians? Well, you know, the first thing I, I teach when I'm starting students is posture. And <laughs> believe, believe it or not, I mean, and that goes with everything, but yeah, really. po posture is, is huge in playing. It, it, it's huge in circulation and it determines that, how long you can play your instrument, play your, your instrument. That, yeah. Um, hand stretches, um, doing a lot of that. What was your other part of your question? Uh, what's one of the biggest mistakes that, uh, younger musicians or maybe you have made over the years and how can we curb that? Mistakes. Um, and that's the posture is definitely one of them. Cause I know so many people who have, uh, right messed up because of bad posture right i'm i'm big on posture very much because i was classically trained right for so long and the woman i studied with graduated from peabody with the masters so that was big uh, and duquesne was big on it too um 
gosh, like mistakes. I mean, for as far as a player goes and musically, I feel like I've been pretty on there. I would say as far as mistakes go is more from an angle of be choosy about who you work with and where you're playing and what you do on an industry level. To me, that's more where a lot of once you're getting out there and playing and stuff is if you're going to be a musician and you want to go out and gig, definitely study business and marketing. To me, you lay that groundwork. Yeah, it's great. You got to lay the, the music groundwork, but you got to have the, the good head on your shoulders. I feel like I've had a really great head on my shoulders with business, but I mean, just certain you learn from like, do I want to work with this person? Do I want to do this? Do I, be what's, more, what's your brand? And, what's your brand? Yeah. Be more particular. Go after what you really, really, really want. And if it's just, you know, doing something by yourself or you want to play like in a trio that just does, you know, cocktail gigs, just do it. Don't, yeah. don't let whatever, don't let it, yeah. don't let it eat you up alive as a performer. Cause I could tell you, cause I was doing for years about hundred, 110 shows a year, especially late nineties, early two thousands that you'll get exhausted and you'll burn out. Yeah. And I was you say, will. Let you. There. Let you define your own success. Success, exactly. Yes. Let you do it. Don't don't let, let anybody the, else. Exactly. That's right there. Yeah. If right on the head. If success is for you is playing five shows a year, that's you've done it. Done it. That's Congratulations. Right. I I played Corey. You can't imagine, like when I was a chain reaction, like a dive bar here and there. I we used to play at this one place called Jimmy K's in Lebanon. And we played there twice and then we were done, <laughs> you know, and then, then I, I've played the hotel Hershey and I've played um, all the fancy country clubs throughout Pennsylvania, some in Maryland that were amazing. Those are the kinds of gigs. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do that versus the dive bars and that, you know, right. Yeah. Be picky. Like I, I know. Don't be afraid to be, don't picky. be afraid to be picky. Don't be afraid. To be picky. Yeah. Don't be afraid. To I wish I would have learned that years ago. But now I am picky. <laughs> <laughs> so last question, and we'll get to one of your songs before we end out. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, as far as playing or teaching? Uh, teaching, you have a website. I have a website, yes. It's mariawilsonmusic.com. Of course, I have my Facebook is Maria Wilson Music. Plus, I have a, a, a personal page. A lot of people get me on, which is just Maria Wilson. And then I have Instagram. Maria Wilson music. Um, of course, online, YouTube, all my music, Spotify, everywhere. Uh, via, via Distro Kid is, is my um, distributor. Um, studios, I have my home studio is at the edge of Harrisburg and Hummelstown in Hershey, um, which is my oh, home. No, no. Um, which is a great location. Then I teach downtown Harrisburg at State Street Academy of Music a couple of days a week. And then I teach at the perfect fifth in Mechanicsburg, PA. So that's where I have three locations where you could find me as a teacher. 
be sure to check that out. If you want to check me out, my name is Corey Rosen. This is the Story Podcast. You can check us out at CoreyRosenProductions.com. That's C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N Productions.com. We're going to end off the show with a little another song from Maria. But before we get into that, uh, check out our upcoming guests this Saturday. We have Colin King. He is a bass player from uh, Sam Schmidt-Huber who is a, a local country artist in this area. He has some new music, and we're going to get really dive deep into the process of how you can how you uh, turn a demo into a fully produced song. So we're going to have renditions of his new music uh, to talk about for sure. And then Sam Yoder is a multi-instrumentalist. He's a part of Big Boy Brass, which is a, a big boy brass band in, here in Lancaster. So we get to talk to him about that project and his upcoming music. And then... This Monday we have Jeff Hittinger, who is the uh, yeah the founder and and uh, owner the host of the uh, Music Pipeline PA Music Pipeline TV show uh, up north, and I'm really excited to talk to him and and uh, all of that. So with this said, what 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 song are we about to hear? Uh, Allegheny River, yeah, <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> Allegheny River song. Tell me about it. I wrote this behind a good friend of mine's apartment. Uh, she used to live in Morningside in Pittsburgh. Um, I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh between Duquesne and visiting her and my, my God kids. And um, I was had my guitar with me and I was sitting behind her apartment and her apartment, the back, actually the side of it, I think it was, faced part of the Allegheny River. That's where this is. With that said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. This is Allegheny River. Mm-hmm.